It is 10 minutes after 4 o'clock, taking your voice notes on 0614-104107. You can also drop me an X at Aldrin Simpier, and our studio line is 086-000-2032. So we're struggling to get a hold of Elijah Mklanga, the spokesperson for basic education. But we'll go ahead to this story that I just told you about, Dr. Andres Ninhaus, partner, uh, automotive and mobility climate and sustainability at uh, Oliver Weinman. So the shared mobility sector, e-hailing, bike sharing and hired cars is set to double by 2030. This is as 550,000 additional income opportunities developed through the growth of megacities throughout the African continent. The Shared Mobility Global Impact Study um, not only looks at the economic prospects of the sector, but also the social, labor, and environmental impact as well. To tell us more about this, I spoke earlier on to Dr. Aninhaus, and one of the issues that I actually raised with him is that the introduction of, of e-hailing service um, and how the e-hailing service is now taking people who would ordinarily be, some people at least, who would ordinarily be using a taxi, where on a taxi you can have up to 10 people using a single car. Now you have an individual that is using a single car, even though it's not their car, but their footprint, their contribution um, to um, to climate change and emissions as well needs to be taken into consideration while we have this broad conversation about e-hailing service. Yeah, it's a very important point that you that you mentioned this because um, we need to make sure that all these new solutions, new services, new technologies don't just cater to the one percent of our society making their mobility more convenient and even 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 faster. Um, there's a social equity component to shared mobility services, and we need to make sure that it's orchestrated in the right way and that all three players come together: the regulatory entities, the providers of shared mobility services, but also the consumers to make sure that we don't substitute or even cannibalize the wrong mode of transport, because as you just mentioned, um, it's more efficient, it's more environmental friendly, it's probably more cost efficiently as well, if you can transport more people with the same vehicle than just putting one person in a taxi or in a, in a e-ride, uh, ride-hailing car. So we may need to make sure that the different modes of transport are, are put together and combined in a way that we cater towards public transit because public transit like buses and railways are obviously the most uh, efficient and most sustainable modes of transport and that we don't cannibalize in the wrong direction. Then only the true potential of shared mobility can unfold, especially in a place where you already have established mode of transport that are rather efficient. And then looking at how, as the United Nations is pointing out, out that I think by 2030, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be having the stats wrong. I don't have them in front of me now. Um, but we could see um, 80% of um, the economies of the country or the economies of the world being actually created in um, in in cities or cities would be contributing towards 80% of the world economies. So what does that mean for mobility one, but what does it mean for population growth within those cities as well, and how the public transport system should respond to that. And with that said, also, Doc, I want to know, um, when it comes to mobility, um, whose core responsibility is it? Is it a government's core responsibility or is it a private sector's core responsibility? Because even with the e-hailing services, for instance, that individual, the driver who's driving that vehicle, that's still a private person driving the vehicle, private person that owns the vehicle, but not necessarily the state. 
Uh, great question, and let me let me tackle the first one, the aspect of urbanization. And I think there are, there are different components. But first, if we continue on this uh, growth path of, of uh, large cities, um, we will have 75% uh, of the global transport emissions coming from road vehicles in cities. And we already now see that 90% of the global population living is living in areas where air pollution exceeds WHO limits, which is particularly in cities the case. So mobility services have a fundamental uh, effort to, to undertake to ease, in, ease up the way we live in cities and how we get from A to B. And it's the responsibility of the society as such, and by that, obviously, the regulatory entities, governments, and so on, they need to make sure that we have certainty for private investors, that they invest in the infrastructure, that they invest in the mobility service, and also enable the different uh, the, the, the right direction of infrastructure investments. I give you an example. We cannot talk about bike sharing or micromobility if we don't have the infrastructure in place like bike lanes or secured sidewalks um, that make this possible. Otherwise, everybody will stick to the car and if they can afford it, they will stick to owning a car, which is by far the least efficient solution in urban mobility. And then, of course, with that um, increased population in cities, especially, we also then speak about the impact that it has on how many more hours people would spend on on the roads. And looking at your stats, they're indicating um, that, for instance, um, if we look at Berlin, um, the number of hours that is being spent in a car, 70, 71 hours um, in Paris, 138 hours, 54 hours per year um, in, in America. How then do we reach a point where we can reduce the number of hours that, um, com that commuters or even drivers spend on the road, but also citing the economic impact of that because there must be value attached to the time that is wasted whilst an individual who's supposed to be doing some work is actually stuck in traffic or even the product that needs to be delivered somewhere is not delivered on time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a great point because um, these numbers you just cited, they they just make it obvious how insufficient current mobility infrastructure and the mobility ecosystem in densely populated areas uh, looks like. And uh, with the sharing or increased sharing of these mobility assets, we expect that these numbers where people stuck in traffic can be reduced significantly. Because if you look at if you double click on where this traffic comes comes from, it come, it's coming from people looking for a parking spot. It's coming from last mile delivery services. So it's not a very productive um, uh, component of this traffic. And if we can reduce this by people not having to look for a parking spot because they're uh, hailing the car or sharing the car, then we can not only have a direct impact of making these people more productive, but we also have a more indirect economic effect by enabling additional parts of our societies to access mobility and get to critical infrastructure like an employment, like a hospital, like education, which cannot be underestimated in, in large urban areas where still across the globe, a lot of people do not have access to mobility to get to an employment and thus the indirect economic effect is, is rather large.
Do we know what the economic cost of traffic congestion is for Africa? I know in the report you look at, for instance, the impact that it has on um, on London as well as Berlin, 5.7 um, billion euros or 6.5 billion euros that is in um, that is in London. And then in Berlin, we had around 1 billion. But what's what what's the estimate for for Africa? And we can probably even look at just Johannesburg. Uh, the problem is that it's it's a combination of different factors, right? While we look at the economic impact resulting out of this traffic and especially traffic congestion um, as a uh, as as a result of the sustainability sustainability impact and especially the long term sustainability impact, but also as we just mentioned, the inefficiency of the direct economic impact, and um, we, uh, we we don't have data for all of the cities across the globe, especially in. In, in African cities, we sometimes lack the data to, to actually calculate that one, um, but it can be in the billions. I mean, it's a it's a significant component to our GDP. It's a significant influence of the efficiency of an economy, especially in, in large cities. So wherever we can optimize the mobility ecosystem, it directly implica uh, has direct implications on the um, on, on the living and the uh, the wages people uh, can earn in these areas. And the final one is, of course, on air pollution, the impact of, on air pollution and the real threat to our climate, but also to the individual as well, considering the number of deaths related to air pollution. Yeah, and it's it's an important point, but also a, a tricky one, because um, the report um, that uh, we at Oliver Wyman conducted Looks at three dimensions, right? We look at the sustainability effect you just mentioned, but also the economic one we just discussed and the social uh, implications. And if you optimize the mobility ecosystem just for environmental sustainability, you would very quickly end up telling everybody to stay at home or walk, which obviously cannot be um, uh, a realistic prediction and it will significantly harm the economic output. And uh, so we need to look for an equilibrium between these three components. And while the sustainability implication is, in, in the long term, the, the most important one, and we need to make sure that we that we stay in line, for instance, with the Paris Agreement, we need to keep in mind that we cannot, you know, get uh, to a to a system that excludes uh, parts of our society. But nevertheless, it is important to not underestimate the cost implications, but also the social implications um, if we don't uh, alter the way we get from A to B. And uh, we are strong believer that sharing mobility is a pivotal component to reaching a shared mobility, uh, a mobility future that is sustainable. Uh, just in conclusion, uh, Doc, um, has there been any research that has been done that looks into the impact that COVID-19 has had on perhaps the reduction, I would assume that there has been a reduction in terms of emissions because cars, uh, because of the lockdown um, rules that we had in place, but also the decision that has been taken, especially by corporate as well, to have more and more of their staff members work from home. And in some cases as well, uh, some companies are deciding to have a four-day work week instead of the five-day work week. Yeah, it's... It's it's very interesting to to uh, follow the uh, implications and the long term effect the pandemic had on mobility behavior and, and congestion and, and also the uh, 
environmental effect of that one because at the beginning, particularly in lockdown, without surprise, and the, um, the emissions dropped significantly. But then we ended up in a situation where people still were allowed to travel and they had an increased need for secure and individual travel modes. So they switched from using, for instance, the subway and used a personal car, which then increased uh, emissions, even in some parts to levels that have been higher than um, before the pandemic. And now we are in a phase where we try to find an equilibrium uh, with people traveling less because as you mentioned, they have, for instance, a four day week, have more home office, but then again, to the contrary, people um, who could afford it moved away from the densely populated inner cities and might have been moving to the suburbs, um, which make the travel to work longer. And then in return, also increasing the emissions of getting to work. So there are different effects that are pro and contra to the overall emission calculation of uh, the effect of uh, COVID-19. And I think we are not at the end of the road yet. There's still you know, some calibrations to be done, but overall speaking, um, the overall effect that we see has been diminished uh, over time. Well, that's my conversation with Dr. Andreas Nienhaus, a partner, automotive and mobility, climate and sustainability at Oliver Wyman.